Oh wow, these pancakes look delicious. Chris, would you pass me the maple syrup? Oh, by all means, my friend Andy, here you go. Ooh, this smells great. Oh, didn't see you there. Uh, hello. Uh, this is Andy from Brunch Movies, and I'm here with my friend and comrade podcaster, Chris, from the Detroit Arcade Club podcast. Hey, it's me. Andy, you know, I just have to tell you, I had a wonderful time recording uh, with you and Dave talking about uh, The Wizard on your upcoming episode. Thank you. The pleasure was ours. Uh, We'd like to point all of our listeners to your podcast, which I find to be wonderful. Could you tell them where they can locate it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dear Brunch Movies listeners, if you would like to listen to three good Southeast Michigan boys talk about old games, new games, arcade games, video games, mind games... You can follow us on Twitter, at Detroit Arcade. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or visit dac.buzzsprout.com. Now, if you'll please excuse us, we have a brunch buffet to get to. I have a lot of hollandaise to stuff into my face. Mmm. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. You know what I think a brunchy movie is? I would love to talk with you about The Wizard. Ooh. That. Ooh. Yeah. That's a brunchy fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I haven't seen it. So that would be, that would be great. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Hey, guys, we're back at it again brunch movies i am married wow you're married we're both married uh and when i say you're i'm talking about dave my podcast partner my co-host to the stars and we have another person who is married on the line oh is he also married uh i think i think you're married it's still 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 married uh (laughs) as far as i know it is still legal and has not dissolved yet I am very much married. Okay, Hello, great. I'm Chris. Thanks for having me on. At least when you st- when you started this podcast, you're yeah, still married. Yeah. I'm just going to listen to this podcast and make a in, decision that, like, I don't know. In October, I think it'll have been nine years. And, um, Jesus. You know, wow. some might say Congratulations. nine years too long. Who knows? Thank you. I appreciate it. And you're also a parent. And so, well, just just trigger warning for people. This The movie we're about to talk about is yeah. is probably one that you don't want to show to your kids because I think it teaches them a lot of long lessons. But we'll get to that. It's a- uh, Chris, you are visiting us. And sorry for cutting you off. But uh, you're visiting us from the uh, Detroit Arcade Club podcast and the Detroit Arcade Club in general. That is correct. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, Andy, you were a guest on an episode we did um, a few back about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, which was a great episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, Detroit Arcade Club is a weekly hangout in Detroit. It's a bunch of sweaty nerds who beat each other up playing um, actual arcade games on actual hardware, and the podcast just kind of spun out of the hangout hangouts as a way for us to just continue to have the super nerdy terrible conversations we normally have um also as another way to like promote things that detroit arcade club does like participate in extra life and raise money for the children's hospital in flint we used to co-run an arcade art gallery in hamtramck so yeah if you like video games and you don't mind laughing a little bit uh because it is sometimes a decently funny podcast please check it out 
I've I've been known to laugh a time or two at your podcast. I think that's nice that your podcast has two things we don't: laughter and charity. You know, <laughs> our, our podcast is very serious movie yeah. analysis we, yes. through the lens of brunch. You know, that's right. the kind of guys we are. Well, we are about bringing brunch to the masses, the right. rise, raising up the proletariat through yeah. brunch. We've got to stop the bourgeoisie from stealing the brunch from the people. Right. Absolutely. And. Um, so, so with that intro, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, we are, I would say we're sister podcasts or brother podcasts at least. Um, it's and, 2019. Uh, Let's just leave it at sibling podcasts, please. Yeah. yeah. Comrades. Let's not gender our And you know, really siblings. all podcasters come from broken families and not, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> that's true. That's true. Or they we, cause broken families. So. We have but speaking of broken quite families. The broken families to discuss today. Yeah. The family tree in this movie was wild trying to figure it out. But. So so what movie did we choose, Chris? Chris, this is your pick and this is something we talked about on your podcast when I came on. Yeah, when you were a guest and we were talking about brunch movies and you invited me to come on and, and trade episodes with you uh you were wondering what we could do that might be video game themed and i totally understand as a listener and enjoyer of brunch movies that a movie does not necessarily need to be brunchy to be discussed but i thought wouldn't the wizard with uh kevin arnold i will never refer to him as fred savage he's always just kevin arnold to me (laughs) wouldn't the wizard be the perfect blending of a movie that mostly takes place in the day and potentially has brunchiness but is also about the video and we were talking about broken families Mm. um this like all family movies from the 80s onwards basically are they all have divorce we're talking mrs doubtfire divorce Mm -hmm. we're talking the mighty ducks divorce Mm -hmm. have we done what are the kids movies oh uh jungle to jungle we did on this huge divorce divorce yeah every like you can't it was impossible to make a movie about kids without their families being divorced there's just the 90s and the 80s and the 90s santa claus divorce yeah. Oh, yeah. I just thought of one, though. Beethoven. I don't think the family was divorced. The that. dog is divorced, think... actually. The dog has gone through multiple divorces. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say maybe the mom wanted to fuck the dog or something. Oh, shit. He's like human sized. Breakfast, Dad. Scrambled eggs, just the way you like them. I fed Beethoven. And we washed him, too. You should smell him. I'm going to walk Beethoven every day. We've divided up the dog chores so that you won't have to do anything for Beethoven from now on. I see. I dropped part of an eggshell in there. Chew carefully, Dad. God, who wouldn't want I, uh, a piece of that dog? So we're, so we're talking about the wizard. Yeah. Uh, Chris, why don't you walk us through the wizard, the plot? Okay. What's it all about? Why did you choose this as a brunch movie? So just kind of let our listeners know if they haven't seen The Wizard, which came out in 1989. So I was born in 1983. Uh, I've been a lifelong Nintendo fanboy. And when The Wizard was advertised, uh, it it looked like a dream. It was one of those things that every kid who owned an NES uh, would want to go see. And when you went to see it, like they don't even mention a video game until like 25 minutes into this movie. It's like, God, what did I sign up for? Yeah, the beginning was pretty slow. Yeah. It's, it definitely has that old movie feel where you're like, I mean, the oh, kid's man, just we're... literally walking down the street yes, for like exactly. five minutes. It's a shitty 80s song. Yeah, really long shots. <laughs> so really long. I, I'm going to try to like give the highest level overview. The Wizard is about a, a broken family, the youngest 
son, who is the half brother to um, Christian Slater Kevin Arnold. and Kevin Arnold, uh, he right. witnessed a traumatic event early on in childhood. This is not revealed until later in the movie, so spoiler alert. But um, he basically yeah. has perhaps like emotionally withdrawn or selective mutism because he witnessed his twin sister drown right in front of him. Uh, so right. the stepfather wants to place this child into uh, a home, air quotes, an insane asylum, because in the 80s, they were ever so Wild. sensitive yeah. to you know social and mental uh, ailments and concerns. Well, hey, if, if my son watched his twin sister die, I wouldn't want him around either. I mean, <laughs> that, that kid is that kid is damaged good. Yeah, he'll never let me forget it. So um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Arnold decides that Jimmy doesn't deserve that. Jimmy is the boy who's withdrawn and that he's going to bust him out and he's going to take him to California, which is where he wants to go. Nobody knows why he wants to go to California. And so they start right. hitchhiking and on the way, they find out that this kid is the wizard he is amazing at video games he's playing all these nintendo play he's, choice arcade there's games. this great scene where a a, lar a very large man he's like maybe 10 feet tall with a beard and he says you're a wizard harry <laughs> <laughs> and and that's when we know that he is yeah. the wizard <laughs> oh but his name's not harry and they're like old man his name's not harry his name is the wizard or what was his name the wizard. We'll just call him the wizard. 22 minutes into the owl. movie, uh, the girl that they meet on their trip, who also is a bit of a runaway, she says, he's a wizard, while Millie Vanilli's The Right Stuff is playing in the background, and he's playing Ninja Gaiden. So it's amazing. Uh, just dropping your own. He's, that a wizard. he's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> that actress, when I when the, when the it was going on, I you know, you read the titles of the names because you got five minutes of just looking at this kid walk down the street, and it's Jenny Lewis. I was like, that can't be the singer. And then you watch it kind of looks like her but it's legit it's actually just the singer yeah, Jenny Lewis singer Jenny Lewis uh, uh known for the postal service yeah that's amazing and and her soul so so they could have used the postal service in this to write letters to their parents saying hey we're going to California we're going to California so Kevin Arnold yeah. and his emotionally disturbed brother team up with the woman from the postal service and she <laughs> tells them that there's going to be a huge video game tournament at Universal Studios in California and that she's a cool gamer chick. she's like a badass gamer girl um, her dad's a trucker she knows truckers she abides by the code of the yeah. trucker so she yeah. trusts strange men to drive them she for gets money. them robbed yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like getting into cars with strangers. Oh my god! They basically hitchhike their way to California from Utah. They get right. mugged such a like multiple weird, times. They get mugged multiple times. They get beaten up. They hustle um, old salesmen for they, money uh, who are playing yeah. arcade games. So they basically make their way to California to enter this video game tournament. Grand prize is fifty thousand dollars that they decide they're going to split. Which in nowadays terms is basically like five five billion. billion. Just, so it's Jeff Bezos' economic money. theory. Yeah. yeah. Economic theory is that the amount of money doubles after every 17 years. So by my calculation, 1989, that's worth about $3 million. So, uh, okay. Which is which about is, the same as that Fortnite guy. Which if you double that yeah. a few times, then $5 billion. Five, $5 billion. They're, basic, the math. they're basically on like a hodge to video game mecca to become the first esports gamers and say <laughs> like rescue all of their broken families. <laughs> Um, well, shouldn't they be like, well, esports mecca is Korea. We all know that. Fair. Right. Uh, Starcraft. Yeah. How does yeah, $50,000 compare to the international prize pool? 
Uh, the international <laughs> prize pool, which is actually going ongoing right now, is is currently above thirty three million dollars. Jesus Christ, thirty three million. Jesus which in Christ. today's terms would be fifty trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So, That's how it works. It's inflation. So let's see. Yeah, I, you gotta inflate. You know. I think the only other little uh, threads to oh, wrap up as they're as they're traveling, they're in they're in hot pursuit. They're in hot by, pursuit by uh, a by a fucking creepy bounty hunter. Mr. Putnam retrieves runaways professionally. He's going to bring back Jimmy, Kevin Arnold's dad, but not the wizard's dad because that's not his real dad. He's the half brother. Exactly, half brother. No, the dad's his real dad. His dad's the real dad. The, oh. the, da- the dad the, is the, the real dad. The brother's Kevin Arnold's. His second okay, the wife. The dad is the real dad. Is, it's such a complicated, broken family. So he, he has like family four family. kids. His second wife. How does his second wife get rights to that kid? His second wife. is not even all, his mother. No, the second wife only has rights to, to Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's her broken, b- sad so boy. Kevin, Ar- Kevin yeah. Arnold and yeah. Christian Slater are dad and dead wife. Right. And then... Do they say Jimmy, how the dead wife died? Jimmy, aka the Wiz, the Wiz, uh, and his dead sister, yeah, uh, were with mom. Mm-hmm. Boom, the kids dies. That's that marriage is over. You can't survive a no, dead kid. Can't do. You can't. Um, and and then she gets remarried to a she fat get, guy I recognize. She, she gets remarried to like the fucking like quintessential eighties villain. He's got the power suit. Uh, his name is Bateman. He looks like Reggie Filzami. Yeah, he does actually. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he rails coke. He looks like the Reginator. Day. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about uh, Fred Savage either. No. Does no. not give a shit about Fred Savage. Probably Work all of the adults in this movie were so blasted on coke for the entire film. Oh, I don't think they really knew what was going on at all. Uh, so, so feel it. Christian Slater is the cool, rebellious older bro, and and Bo Bridges is Sam. He's the dad of all these broken children. They're trying to go find the kids that ran away, and then the evil stepdad. Bateman hires the fucking pederast bounty hunter to track them yeah. down. Mm-hmm. And so these two rival factions, the bounty hunter and the dad and the brother who are trying to figure out how to like rebond as men keep clashing with each other throughout the film. What the hell am I doing here? I'm sleeping with my father and some dump on the highway. Now you don't want me here. Jeez, we can't even talk to each other. You're in your underwear. I can't believe it. I cannot even speak to my own father. Mr. Cheapskate, he gets us a room that does not even have double beds. Yeah, if you're thinking Lord of the Rings here, oh, we'd like on. to make like, Lord of the Rings comparison. You know, the, the dad is the dad is like um, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, uh, in their pursuit of the hobbits the, uh, that have been captured by the Urukai, while the, um, the bounty hunter is kind of like the the, the ring wraiths. Um, and, and then um, the stepdad is Sauron. Oh yeah. You know what I appreciate is foreshadowing. And we didn't know that this this kid hunter would be creepy, but when he says that he catches kids, he says, "I catch kids," and then he licked his lips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Woods. Oh, excuse me. Just so you know, I make my money by bringing kids in, and I don't make it if someone else brings a kid in first. Uh, <laughs> you catch my drift, huh? So let's not be getting in my way, okay? And 
that was like in my mind a little nice day. signal that this guy I might be a the kids. I catch uh, the kids. And you know, he licks his lips and then like kind of does this inappropriate hand motion and I thought that was a little too heavy on the foreshadowing. Yeah, a little on the nose. It was a little yeah. on the nose, but um, there's also a scene in the film, like every time he's looking for these children, like he never pulls out any like official formal identification, like, oh hello, you know, I'm I'm so and so working this yeah. case. Uh he's always like, I'm looking for some kids. Have you seen some kids? It'd be great if it, it'd be great if he just pulled out his like sex offender papers. I'm looking for these kids. <laughs> He's the kind of guy who would have yeah. like a fucking family photo album style uh thing flop out of his wallet, but it's just condoms. Just like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he hey, never says thank that, you. Is that weird if you have that? It is no, when you're looking no. for you're kids. Married. I'm trying to find these kids. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. You want to see my oh, ID? I forgot there's, an, there's another character that is uh, somewhat of a rival. I would I would say he's like the Tom Bombadil of this movie <laughs> in that his his power is equal to the the power of the the heroes but he's kind of like you know neutral evil like he's not he doesn't really help in the quest he's he's cool evil he kind of yeah. yeah he's cool as hell and we're talking about Lucas Lucas yeah um the boss the king comes in second place comes in second place maybe he's more of like an uh what's the, what the what's the guy uh, one does not simply guy you know he wants to use the ring for for evil he's the Sean oh. Bean or to defeat evil yeah the Sean yeah. Bean yeah exactly yeah he his I think intro. that go ahead no we're just laughing at how stupid our <laughs> podcast is <laughs> Lucas's he's intro definitely is, the shod bead of the <laughs> Lucas's intro is so good like he's got those black Ray-Ban style glasses yeah uh, he, he's, he's wearing all black he's got like a fucking kimono on or some shit he's got like this beautiful 80s man hair and yeah. he busts out he's got a power glove he busts out the most coveted sought after and also biggest piece of shit nintendo peripheral i can think of the power <laughs> glove also side note when he pulls it out he like dials in he like presses some buttons and it plays yeah, the what theme is he doing there from close encounters yeah, from third in, yeah, close encounters yeah yeah, yeah i was here yes i was yeah, i was looking I was up like, the director easter egg i was looking up the director trying to figure out like why would it do that and the director of this movie directed a few episodes of amazing stories which was like a fantasy mm. like you know sort of hyper reality tv show that steven spielberg created so i feel like that's maybe a weird little easter egg because about of the that. nature of tonight's episode of amazing stories parental discretion is advised yeah i like that our guests always do this research and they bring in facts like that <laughs> yeah. and i mean it's like well that's good let's move on from those facts oh, we right? do a little bit of research <laughs> So, yeah. so to wrap up the plot, uh, they get to the video game competition. All the parents are there. They see their little, you know, like mute kid beat Lucas. Mm. He wins the prize, and then they're like, "Oh, this was all fine that our kids yeah. just took our off, kids. hitchhiked across the country to enter this video game tournament because, like, oh, he's really good at video games." And then all of a sudden, the emotional baggage of the film is is finally delivered on. You find out that he watched his sister drown. And the whole reason he wanted to go to California was to find these dinosaurs. I assume at the La Brea Tar Pits or something. I, yeah, those are somewhere in California, I think. The Cabazon and dinosaurs picture of him or whatever. The family. Yeah, so there's a picture of his whole family with his little sister that he keeps in this lunch pail. And then, like the whole reason he wanted to go to California is to 
because he wanted to be where that picture was. And he wants to like leave her photos there so that her memory can rest in peace. But also, yeah, he's carrying her shoes. He's got her fucking shoes in there. That's dark. That is some dark baggage. That's some like Oscar Wilde. I don't think you should. You should walk a mile in someone's shoes if you mm. if you want to know how they feel. But carry someone's shoes across the country? It would be great if it was like a Sixth Sense crossover and he's just seeing her all over the place. You <laughs> oh, know, he doesn't exist. Yeah, he, he she like you know like Fred Savage is also dead and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And this kid is just like streamrolling. It's his really way. just a movie about truck drivers. Yeah, and like, <laughs> they're just like Spanky. These ghost kids. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about Spanky. Spanky. Oh Jesus. my god. <laughs> great character. Yeah, Wait, Spanky was is, a great is Spanky character. the 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 girl's dad's trucker buddy that helps them? Yeah, uh, yeah. who wins them four hundred dollars yeah. at the casino? He looks like uh, he looks like Little Max trainer. This is gonna take a lot of quarters. I gotta find someone. A friend of my dad's. He's a trucker. His name is Spanky. I like that uh, so Jenny Lewis's mom has abandoned her, and then her dad's always on the road, so she's kind of like raising herself. And she she thinks, lives in the middle of a desert. <laughs> lives in the middle of a desert in Reno, or outside Reno. And she explains why she's so good at craps is because her mom gambled away their entire I know like, how I told house and fortune. Some great place, so don't be rubbing it in. I didn't say anything. It ain't my fault, and it ain't my dad's. My mom, she had this little problem. That's how I learned about craps. Uh, but, but she was good at craps. But she was good at craps. Yeah. So, so honestly, shouldn't she have lost all the money? It's her mom. Yeah, maybe her mom was not a very good uh, teacher. but Maybe she was a good teacher, but not a good player. Maybe the whole point is that her, her mom was losing to show her how to not win at craps uh, so that she could get to this moment in her life. That's a good life. mom. That's a good mom. And, and win in <clears throat> craps so they could have to, like $200 to waste at arcade games <laughs> to train this little mute boy. <laughs> Dude, how did they pay for all the time they spent on the Nintendo counselor hotline. Cause you know, that shit was like what? $2 oh, yeah, a yeah, minute. Exactly. They're like calling up the counselors. I love that was whole it, counselor scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that shit. I was, cost money. Uh, yeah. I, was, I mean, this new whole movie was just an advertisement of like, Hey, look, there's like these cool guys with, with like, binders about these games. You can call if you need help. On and they'll be your best friend about it. Hi, my name is Haley and I've got a wizard who's going all the way to the championships in Los Angeles. Is that so? All I need is a little help. Okay, let's start with Simon's Quest. Okay, now where exactly are you? Right, and I remember that because I was watching this with my wife, and I was like, this is a real thing. They had this number that you could call, like, back in the day. Wait, who were you watching it with? With my wife. My wife. (laughs) Okay, John. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can we go back? That's the only reason to get married is so you could say that. Yeah. Can we go back to Haley's mom for a second? There's a line in this movie that she says, and I just like don't understand why the writers put it in. It's like so creepy and unnecessary where she's talking about how her mom. Wait, are, are you uh, saying there's, li- there's lines in the movie that you do understand why the writers put them in? <laughs> yeah. It's fair. This one in specific, though, specifically, I want to highlight where she talks about how her mom was I in a sh- her mom was a showgirl in Reno, and she goes, she had great legs. And then she asks Kevin Arnold if uh, he thinks 
she's like, I have the same great legs. Don't you think so? And it's just like, what are these fucking right. children talking about? Right. Yeah. They do yeah. kiss. That's right. I forgot that Kevin Arnold has. I, I like guess a... he's 13. So that's at the age where you, you could kind of be into this kind of stuff. But yeah. It's clear that Kevin Arnold hasn't gone through puberty yet. No. Well, right. Is that that time His where girls are ahead of the guys? Right? The like there's are, that, that yeah. period, like early middle school, where all the girls are like six inches taller than the boys. It, right. It wasn't yeah. until Kevin Arnold appeared in Little Monsters with Howie Mandel that he actually went through puberty. Because Little Monsters, on the whole, is just like a big sort of metaphor for the monster <laughs> one becomes well, once a man goes his through career. puberty. Oh yeah. I mean, he was he was definitely like a, they should have made him a, a great child star. Oh man! Well, you know, I've always i've I've tried to pitch this before to real uh, Hollywood directors, actually. But I've always had an idea that there should be a a sitcom with Fred Savage mm-hmm. and his brother Ben Savage mm-hmm. from Boy Meets World. Oh, Put them together, brilliant. two brothers living in New York City, the big city. Uh-huh. But they they're kind of gross, kind of disgusting. They haven't really grown up. And the show is called Savages. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that. There you go. And I did pitch that to a real Hollywood director, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was like, "I like your other idea better." But I'll save that for another podcast. Could the closing <laughs> credits song for that show be performed by Savage Garden? You know, if I wasn't such a trusting boyfriend, this would look bad. <laughs> How come you don't make us calls on me, Stuart? Because I'm talking to the brains of the family. <laughs> It's really melody. Yes. Yes. Yeah, if, if it was like a straight, just like throwback sitcom, but the ending was always like melancholy and they just played truly madly deeply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm in on that. So, Fred, Ben, call us up. So, get we us. need to get to the, we need to get to the elephant in the room. Okay. Is, is this kid autistic? Oh, is this an episode of Autist or Cut? Right, let's let's bring it in. Okay. So I don't. I think the kids must be five, was six. He's nine. They say he's nine. He looks younger than nine. Yeah, but I don't really know what kids look like these days. I know. It kind of throws you off. Like uh, uh, Chris, you have a child. Yeah, I, I have a seven-year-old son. Um, there are a bunch of kids that live on our street that are close to him in age. I feel like this kid, uh, Jimmy, could easily be seven. Um, I, okay. I, you know, there are children that I see uh, when I take my child to school during the school year who, like, straight up and down, like, so you don't, there's something going on. So you don't let your on. kid hitchhike to school? Um, yeah, I, you should let your kid hitchhike. I, he abides by the trucker's code, and so he can just hop <laughs> in the back of whatever truck comes by. Like, I trust them wholeheartedly yes. to get him where he needs to go. It's the trucker's code. Um, How many times has he been mugged? <laughs> you know, he it, it, probably more than he lets on. He is... Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I, I see kids all the time where it's like, there's something going on with that child, and the parents are just ignoring it. Um, Jimmy so that's, absolutely that's... could be on the spectrum. Uh, I feel like if I had seen a twin sibling die in front of me at that age, I would be incredibly fucked up too, though, you know? But like, so, but this is, I have a definitional issue here. All right. So we're going to remove Cuck from the equation. He's nine years old. I don't think that works this time around. I think that you could say that maybe Lucas was a bit of a cuck because, you know, he had to kind of sit there and watch his games mm. be played by this savant kid. And but the kid didn't actually play in front of Lucas. The, the dad is. No, in the, in the, 
Yeah. The dad's a cuck for dad. sure. Oh, I the mean, the dad's a cuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. his, sure. his ex, well, one, his wife is dead. Yeah. Two, his ex wife is with, uh, with the power with Sauron. Brother. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the, I'm introducing the PTSD element here because, look, I think they're combining PT, PTSD and autism. So you can have. They like, are or we are. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're trying well, to play have, him up as the have, mystical like, autist kid. Right, like a savant. Yes. You know? Yeah. He's a green out? man. Yeah, or not green man, uh, the, the the Tom Cruise movie. Um, Rain man. Green man. Rain man. So he's like, so, oh. <laughs> so Rain Man came is out in 1988. It, so definitely, like, yeah, the kid is like. Oh, oh Tom Cruise, I'm going to have to That's count, also, that's also like a that. cross country drive story. Yeah. Where, like, Rain Man wants to, needs to get somewhere and. So Jim won't fly. So like Rain Man, Jimmy counts up those points, though. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I think that so if you have PTSD, that doesn't make you like a savant like at something. But if you're autistic, the the savant angle is there. This is true. So they make him they make him appear essentially almost autistic. That's caused by PTSD, but that means there's no real connection to him being a wizard. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Totally. Like I, so 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 I feel like they're. They're just saying, like, look, he's kind of a weird kid, but he's also a savant, um, kind of underplaying the PTSD angle. Jimmy also yeah. constantly gets referred to as being a freak, being a cyborg. Right. Like, he gets put down a lot throughout this movie. And I want to mm-hmm. say that maybe the filmmakers throw in the, like, PTSD angle just so that they can't get accused of, like... I don't know, uh, playing playing autism. Oh, then again, wait, hold on. Let me back up. This is the eighties. Nobody cared about this. People weren't sensitive to this. Well, we got we got Rain Man though. Right. Right. I mean, that won an Oscar. Right. So, so I mean, if it wins an Oscar, we know people care about. It. I, right, but there was no uh, what what do they call the the crash. The, the thing that causes autism, the shots. Oh, the vaccines. Yeah, there's no oh, vaccines. We didn't even in the talk 80s. about vaccines. So clearly, yeah. autism wasn't always caused by vaccines. It was caused by PTSD. Oh mm-hmm. shit. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So do you think the PTSD led into the autism? Vaccines were like no one had vaccines. Yeah, no one had vaccines, right? vaccines in the 80s. Wow. Well, we figured it out. I think that's autistic cook. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah, good, good segment, boys. Yeah. Um, okay, this I uh, we're we're anti-vax here on this podcast. I don't know. I want to speak for you, Chris, but we're very uh. Well, the podcast is anti-vax, but not me and Andy. Yeah, we're, we're we would vaccinate yeah. our children. Look, the yeah. podcast all, itself. All, all I'm gonna say is that I've been vaccinated my entire life. And my child was vaccinated, and uh, after my child was delivered in the hospital room, when my wife told the staff of nurses that she'd never uh, received a single shot because her mother, who was a nurse, was an anti-vaxxer, everybody in the room fucking flipped out. They started stabbing my wife (laughs) with needles left and right. (laughs) They gave her so many injections. Like, I don't even know if she, uh, you know, like said yes they just started stabbing her with needles it was she's insane. super bad and now my wife has and now autism. you your wife and your son are autism <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i don't think they're necessarily related but but you guys are still together so like it doesn't she's yeah. really Pro-vax. really good at video games Pro autism. <laughs> <laughs> she's part of the detroit club yeah, our, our club, yeah. no one can touch so, her scores. So, yeah you know, we we might say we're anti-vax, but that's because it doesn't necessarily mean we're anti-autism. Okay, right? okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Right now, I want to know from both of you if you yeah. 
could get an injection that would make you autistic mm. but make you so good at video games you would win video Armageddon, would you do it? Well, not for 50 grand, but I just watched that Fortnite kid win $3 million. Uh, he's 16 years old. If I could get that type of skill level with a little bit of autism in it, yeah, I'd take that yeah. autism. Uh, I'd take yeah. it in a heartbeat. A heartbeat. I think we I'm all sick would. of getting beat by Dave and Smash, so like, I'll, I'll juice. I'll juice with a little bit of autism. Speaking of Smash, I We're love... Mewtwo King, oh, aut- yeah. autists. He actually... Yeah, yeah he, he actually is. is. Yeah. And he's a great Smash player. And speaking of CRTs, Oh, the TVs in this movie. Mm. Oh, those that's, crisp that's scan lines. Did you guys see how, oh, the crisp scan lines, the lack of input lag makes me weep for our current generation. I agree. Yeah. You know, these, uh, the, the, our current monitors just do not respond quick enough to my, to my need. Um, I've tried to hook up a GameCube to a, a standard HD TV. I feel like it's like a playing in pudding, mm. you know? It doesn't even... Oh, but you're talking about uh, the Japanese name for Jigglypuff, right? You're playing Poudin, uh, uh, Hungrybox's character. Well, right? I, I don't I don't approve of Hungry, Hungrybox. I'm, I'm a mango guy myself. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I support wobbling. Oh, you, you do? Yeah. That's a wobble, hot take. Yeah, well, I think wobbling What do you good. think about banning Hero in tournament? Um... Uh, Japanese players, but with the name Hero. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm anti-Japanese guys named Hero too. Yeah, I think they're not allowed in. Oh, well, you mentioned hot takes, hot cakes, so I think it's about time. Oh, yep. Yeah. All right, let's do hot I takes, need hot your cakes. Arms around me, I need to feel your touch. Okay. <laughs> Yo, do you wanna do you wanna uh, talk shit to to Matt for not knowing that? like the difference between cake and beck Ooh, i mean because matt came on the show and he's like i hate that song by beck and he's referring to the hot takes hot cakes i mean i i i I wouldn't expect matt to need to worry about any music other than black metal so i he gets a pass (laughs) let him have that pass do you want to get any shots in on him? No, otherwise, I, no, no. I I hired him to do uh, a logo, like a black metal style logo for a music project, solo music project I'm doing because I I'm an artist and I tried a dozen times and I couldn't do it and I was like, he's the master, so he's doing it for me. It looks amazing. I I have no beef. I'm not going to make beef. He's the best. I love him. Okay, Chris. Once you get uh, Matt's dick out of your mouth, yeah, maybe, we can, maybe we can do hot take. Move on with this fucking podcast, right? Jeez, fuck! It's throwing me off my game now. I don't even know where I, where I am. My art is this podcast, though, so I like to put that out there. Yeah, that's actually unfortunately true for me too. Uh, okay, hot takes, hot cakes. I'll start with my hot take, if that's all right. Um, we talked a little bit about the plot here, and I guess my hot take on this is is like. This movie is doesn't have a lot of laughs written into it, but the laughs that it does have written into it work really well. <laughs> and the, the laughs are all based on violence and child molestation. Yeah. Turn him over, you little snots. He's mine. No. 50 seconds. Ah, stay back. I'm a desperate man. I can do anything. Very cute. I'm going to get you. There is a, you know, a key plot point is uh, Jenny Lewis uh, claiming that the uh, the the child the child catcher is uh, that he touched her breast and the guy says she doesn't even have yeah, breasts. Right, it's right. like a Rodney Dangerfield bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. touch your breasts. Breast, what yeah. breasts? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a son. Yeah. Oh, too late. He touched my breasts. 
are you doing? No, I just put the kid down. No, I, I didn't touch anything. You can't touch anything. You can't have the kid. The kid is... What are you... I got a letter of custody for that so, kid right here in my but pocket. But it was only played for laughs, and it's like recycled. There's a lot of kind of like weird stuff about like... You know, like he gets in, it goes to jail for it and gets out of jail and he's still chasing kids. Yeah. And it's, it just seems to be like fine. Like no one's like, hey, actually, like it's not cool. Like, like, you know, we shouldn't, you know, kids shouldn't joke about that kind of thing. Adults shouldn't joke about that thing. Of course, adults shouldn't do that type of thing. Um, but in this movie, it's just like, haha, like this old man might be like groping kids. And uh, yeah. And well, other he, than that, there's just violence added into this movie for no reason. They're crashing cars into each other, hitting cars with shovels. Dude. Uh, there's like, you know, some teenagers chasing kids in a truck, getting out and beating them up. Yeah, Kevin Arnold uh, gets a fucking bloody nose. Yeah, gets even, even uh, Jenny Lewis is, is uh, smacking Kevin up. Yeah, she straight up punches him in that mask. And that's all, that's all played for laughs, too, yeah. with like really silly sound effects. And, and so, you know, and we're worried about, like, this movie is kind of like an advertisement for why games aren't corrupting children. But meanwhile, they're just like, hey, violence and, uh, and yeah, uh, stranger danger. Something, both, both chill. So, something good beautiful. Work, uh, this movie. Something beautiful that I noticed about the violence in this movie. Uh, take every single scene where the uh, kid hunter and the dad and the brother um, interact. And, like, the first time Kid Hunter slashes their tires, and then the dad gets a shovel and Kid smashes Hunter. the fucking side yeah. view yeah. and the, the headlights. And they're, like, bystanders watching. Like, this is happening in broad daylight. They're, like, mothers with children and stuff. And every time this happens, they pump in this like fucking redneck hick country western like picking guitar music if you take the music out it's just a fucking live leak video that's waiting to go viral just like two men in broad yeah. daylight raging on each other that son of a bitch oh, what the hell are you doing sorry about that what? You maniac! I'm gonna sue you, hear me? I'm gonna sue your ass when this is over! You make money off a little kid, you miserable jerk! You ought to be shot! You mentioned the music too. Actually, this is something I forgot about until now, but the the theme to this this movie to me, the only thing I could hear when it kind of started that country music, and this was more, not so much in the action scenes, but it sounded exactly like the Terran music from StarCraft. Hmm. Uh-huh. Like, 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 almost exactly. Like a guitar wail a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like this weird, like, kind of spacey, but, like, slow, like, like music. I'm just like, this is just the StarCraft music. There's the, uh, I mean, beyond the Stranger Danger, there's the announcer we haven't talked about. But yeah. uh, the announcer is incredibly coked up. Dude, dude, I wrote the line, is this dude on coke or what? <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get a clip of that in here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's insane. Ladies, gentlemen, children, siblings, animals. This is the day that our three contestants in 15 minutes will fight for 50,000 at one point, there's the girl competitor. She's one of the three finest things in Mora. And he goes up behind her, grabs her shoulders very close to her chest, mm. then takes her pigtails and twirls them around as she, yeah. <laughs> just a total cokehead move. And our second contestant from the state of California, the gorgeous, 
Mora Grissom. It's pretty awesome that like that was yeah this was this was a similar to like he reminded me of you know Ben Stiller's parody camp counselor and heavyweights yeah, yeah, so, yeah, totally. yeah just being like insane and endangering children and screaming and because that guy's voice sounds like he smokes like three packs of cigarettes a day I don't know Dude, yeah. well, why was he cast in that he role looks like yeah. a Robocop villain <laughs> like his shirt is unbuttoned <laughs> down to like the middle of his solar plexus he's got greasy yeah. curls in the back of his head like yeah. I swear he's got like veins bulging out of his skull like he was great oh it's great i wonder if they could get him back to like host an esports tournament today oh my god do you guys think they're gonna remake this movie like nintendo and universal are already working on theme parks and nintendo's on top of the world they're gonna remake this movie Esports are huge. You think there's a community's crying out for the Wizard Two or the Wizard remake? Hollywood's video Armageddon. Like, would a tournament today be called Armageddon? (laughs) (laughs) And also, why was it like there was no mention of games in it? It was video Armageddon. Well, you would need you would need Aerosmith. I don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, you would need Aerosmith. And then and then uh, Jimmy wakes up from his autism. (laughs) (laughs) And then the movie's uh, solved. That was a big thing in the 80s like people referring to like the video side of games like there's some woman in this movie who's like pissed that all these like degenerates are hanging around the arcade cabinet in a restaurant and she's like i got video monsters i got movie monsters there's graffiti on the wall that was weird so it's like like video as like the modifying prefix was everywhere i gotta spell it out Mm. roger roger it's them again Video monsters, I got movie monsters, I got graffiti on the wall monsters. I, uh, I'm going to move on to my hot take. Sure, please. For a transition. And that is uh, Lucas should have won. <laughs> I think that Lucas was clearly the most well-prepared out of any of the gamers. We have Jimmy. He's the last minute, uh, you know, last minute calling up the line to get the cheat codes. He's uh, He's going to the arcade and he's only crammed 70 out of the 97 games you see lucas his father is nice i'm assuming he has a father because he's a well-rounded kid buys him all 97 games okay yeah Yeah. now lucas is prepared he's well uh, accustomed to all these games he doesn't know about the secret whistle in super mario 3 well he also wasn't allowed to use his power glove he wasn't allowed to use the power glove it's clear that he was the better prepared competitor and uh, to throw a new game at him should have been against the rules. I just don't think it's right. Um, on top of that... The format of the tournament was sub- suspect. That yeah. was yeah. wild. Like, hey, prepare all 97 games, and you only had to play Ninja Gaiden and a and game no one's played for before. For 20 minutes total. Yeah. Each round is 10 minutes. There's two rounds. They yeah. just eliminate supposedly thousands of kids and bring it down to the top three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the tournament's rigged. Lucas should have won. That's my hot take. Lucas yeah, was number bad, bad 169 fly. in the competition. So if that doesn't say it, what else <laughs> does? Jeez. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh? Yeah. Number one. And he likes 69. Yeah, we're talking about Lucas, and and you were talking about research for this uh, podcast. Yeah. You actually did some research before, and you said that <laughs> Lucas, the the actor that played Lucas, right. um, grew up to to go to jail for child molestation. Right, Yikes. so he's a winner in the movie and a winner in life. So No, you know. no, the opposite of that, David. No. Oh, bad. he lost in the movie, and he's also a loser in life because, yeah, yeah, he he's on, he, he became a bit of a meme, but he uh, definitely... 
Yeah, yeah, but combining that with my hot take, where this movie is just like making jokes about violence and child molestation, then you throw in this this kid who should have won the competition. He's hmm. probably devastated from that because kids don't know the difference between movies in real life. Right. He probably he feels like he actually didn't live up to expectations. Right. And then he's got this movie reinforcing all these negative things, uh, and and he goes on. So I'm I'm going to say that this movie directly led to him becoming a. A, a child that's monster. That's a hot take. Yeah, that's a real hot take. I, I agree. That's a spicy. Chris, can you can you um so spicy? Can you outdo my hot take? Can you do you have a hotter take? I don't know if you can get hotter than that. That's hotter than the sun. Man, uh, before I get into my hot take, I'm just sitting here thinking about how the Matrix caused Columbine, and maybe the Wizard has caused many acts of pedophilia, and I feel like that's getting a little political. Oh, oh are we getting political here? Political. Okay, let's go. Political. Let's go into yeah. I want to get political. Let's get into politics. No, but seriously, uh, I'll I'll go I'll move into my. Uh, oh wait, we, we just got political. We're in political. You can't get out of political that, that easily. <laughs> I'll get political. Why is this movie in Utah? There's not a lot of Mormon stuff going on here. Uh, I don't see the Mormon influence in this movie. They're yeah. Tr- the, the the dad's a, a kind of a shithead. Um, well, polygamy. He has multiple wives. Oh, yep. there's the... Yep. That's yeah. gotta be it. Yeah, so maybe my my getting political statement, why is this in Utah, is not necessarily correct. But, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we can talk about liberal California. Uh, uh, you know, just like letting children run wild in yeah. Universal Studios. No parental supervision. No. The kid you know, can register without a parent there to yeah, take care of him. He's just rolling in. They're letting them near people on coke. This is, you know, this is Hollywood. Again, yeah. Hollywood is the one driving Hollywood this message. Hollywood is. Hollywood. We're the Hollywood's biggest offenders. Men don't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, we've always been pro-Hollywood. But I'm watching this movie, and I'm getting a little red-pilled here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you mentioned The Matrix, so that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It all comes uh, full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we're still reaping the... The seeds that were sown by this film because you know gamers are still not accepted gamers are still the most prosecuted mm. and uh you know really it's hollywood that is causing all these problems the the school shootings the the shootings it's not games and but gamers are being blamed yeah and and there's still no ethics in game journalism there's no ethics in game journalism look at me and andy we're two well-rounded guys with a podcast about brunch yeah <laughs> tell me that's not a success story all right yeah and it for them yeah they're be, still talking to girls about video games. yeah there's a girl in this movie that likes video games that and and uh there's girl youtubers one girl sold bathwater that's empowering of women so i i don't understand it's this this it's the spin zone against gamers as well i just can't stand it anymore guys uh, okay well um th- that's enough for getting political for now i think <laughs> let's get political political i want to get political let's get into politics let's be uh, let's let dave cool down for a bit, Chris. Cool off. Man, Chris, you got your man, hot take the, the the political uh banter leads perfectly into my hot take and that is that this movie is woke and depicted game girls in games and gamer girls long before any basement dwelling gamergate beta boys tried to 
gatekeep and exclude girls from games. There have been so many people who were mm, like, uh, this was ours and you're trying to get like fight your way into something that is uniquely ours and they try to push women out of games. But like there are so many girls playing uh, games throughout this movie. I mean, Haley knew about video Armageddon. Like they were breaking down the stereotype yeah. way before we had any of these fucking idiots who don't want to get along with other people in a fucking hobby. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to again blame the media. Imagine if mm. Kotaku was at Video Armageddon covering this. What kind of article do you think they would write about the how there's only one girl gamer allowed into the end of the competition? Right. And, and you know, how it's all bias. And yeah. they would have spun this in a way that made the men who, who were there supporting the women just look really bad. And that they wouldn't have accurately captured the the spirit of competition that truly existed there, the equalness of men and women when they, and Kotaku would have, they would have twisted it. And, you know, there needs to be ethics in games journalism because whoever from Kotaku would have been sleeping with the guy that was coked up, hosting no, it, you know it. <laughs> he, yeah, it's, you know, it, you know that there's some bias there yeah. when they show the qualifiers, as long as there's no bias when they show the qualifiers, it's like almost all girls playing yeah and it's you know it's like the, but they just love the best it's 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 a it's a meritocracy you know what equality for me in games are the character if it's a woman she has big ass titties and a big <laughs> ass right but the women can also play as a man with a big ass dick you know yeah. so you got that's equality yeah like you I got agree, yeah. muscly men big ass dicks and then you mean the people playing the games or the characters the, in the characters games? in the games but but there's both are represented oh yeah okay you know you got you got like a bull and then you got the the, the hot woman yeah and you know true equality is when a girl gamer can play as the hot woman in the game right yeah that's that's equality for me yeah so yeah that, but, the, but really in this movie they're just playing as a fat plumber right. with a mustache yeah yeah and, and he's saving the woman excuse me if you put big ass titty Peach, she could have saved Mario. You well, know. Well, what's her name? Haley is kind of is pretty woke, right? She's calling out the sexism in Zelda, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, but wow. but you know, Kevin Arnold is also like that's romantic. Interesting to make uh, Zelda the uh, the object of sexism when it's named after the female character, but yeah, yeah I don't know. So yeah, that that was my hot cake. I think I mislabeled it as a hot take going into it, but you know the movie surprisingly depicts well, that, that, girls that was, in that games was uh, surprisingly well for the '80s, long before any um, of the GamerGate drama. Also, I just want to call out a really uh, touching scene between uh, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater, where they are oh, yeah. uh, father and son, mm. two blue-collared working-class landscaping men in bed together on this trip and Christian Slater says something like, you know, I don't like, it's not a good thing, but I'm glad that I'm here. And they're just like trying to figure out how to share their feelings and be sensitive with each other as men. And they just can't fucking do it. And it's, it's great. I live for that shit. I know this is um, not a good thing. Hmm? Was uh, Corey and Jimmy running off, but, uh, I just want to let you know that I'm glad that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I uh, speaking of uh, big dicks and Christian Slater, my <laughs> hot cake is uh, Christian Slater. So I thought he, you know, you, you watch Mr. Robot and stuff, and you just kind of see past prime uh, mm. Christian Slater. But another uh, video game, another video show. game show. 
Uh, it's about robots. It's like Gundam. Yeah. Uh, there's the, <laughs> there's the late eighties like Gungans. Gungans. The nineties <laughs> Generation X. Christian Slater. He's 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 looking pretty good in this movie, and I think he's really charismatic. I think they should have given him a bigger role than just kind of like hapless uh, brother. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe make him the wizard. He could that, have been like the gamer coach. You know, they should have given yeah, him a yeah. skateboard. He's in so pretty he could good shape. Cube. It doesn't yeah. bother me. The skateboard's only used like one time, and they just keep carrying it around. Like <laughs> during that scene, my wife says, "I want to do that too." <laughs> As in, like she they wants ride to, together. She wants to sit on a skateboard <laughs> while I push her ass around. Like. <laughs> I just like how that that's carried around. Like this skateboard's gonna help us get to California. Like, come on, come on, Kevin Arnold's fucking bad. There was no sketching. Like, where's the where's like the hanging onto a car Back to the Future style? Did you call it sketching? And then you got Huey Lewis. Yeah, that's sketching, right? It's sketching. Yeah, sketching sketching is what you do when you're an artist and you're laying the groundwork for your beautiful (laughs) (laughs) painting to be. Yeah, that's true. But what about something being pretty sketch? You know, like uh, hanging onto a car with your riding on your skateboard. No, it's, it's like sketching you because off. you're hitching a ride while no, skating. It's, it's sketching because it's so it's sketch. sketchy. Yeah. yeah, it's really sketchy. You might fall and speaking, hurt yourself. Chris. I think Andy wins this one. I yeah. think Andy's speaking, correct. We're, gonna go, yeah, we're not going to look at Speaking it up. of pronunciations, when they go up to sign up for the tournament and they ask what game is being played, the fucking guy who's signing oh. them up, he says, Ninja Gaiden Hi! And it's like, do you think <laughs> yeah. that they were just trying to make sure everybody who saw the movie would stop calling it Ninja Gaiden? They were like, we got to write yeah, this in and really overemphasize the gay pronunciation in a den. Also, the guy was just on coke, and he was probably yeah. just like trying to sound Japanese. I like the I was reading like the the description is overly enthusiastic. Like, yeah, just say it. The guy was clearly coked yeah, up. Dude, so many people on yeah. coke in this movie. Colon. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So, yeah, but speaking of hot cakes, you know, like a little cake like rocks you know uh, like, like crack maybe is, is that your hot cake crack or what, i think it's your did you do your hot no my hot cake is actually child labor is awesome <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh because they're in this arcade in reno and yeah. there's like there's like young girls walking around dressed as cocktail waitresses right. serving like bubble gum and licorice out of, like, cocktail waitress trays she's probably selling cigarettes too to these kids in the 80s make and, candy cigarettes and it's just like wait how does this work like there's there's an arcade in a casino and they have eight-year-old girls working there like ser- serving shit to the other eight-year-olds I, I yeah that one that one kind of i lost didn't me, know but... if she was 18 and my eyesight was like off or was she like an adult no, or that, she... that girl was like the, the girls walking around in the arcade were like the same age as kevin arnold really? and absolutely Jimmy. that's bad and ailey it was like how do you weird. hire for that role yeah like if you were a casino be like look you gotta be about 14 and we or were they just like like was it like a side hustle? Did they just like show up to the arcade and they're like you know not yeah. really official? Anyway, I think it's awesome. I think that kids <laughs> should serve to other kids and get paid for it. You know why? There's no reason that um children shouldn't be able to uh, pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. You know I'm I'm a real anti-regulation guy. And You're right. Child yeah. labor is is one of those things that is just needs to go. Well, we're both libertarians. Yeah. Deep down, yeah, so yeah. you know in the end, if you take it to the extremes, there's no labor laws for children. So that's why. We're, we're part of that. Keep the change. 
So Chris, did you say that you said your hot cake but haven't delivered your hot take? That's correct. Um, my okay. my hot finish. Take us home strong with your hot take. Well, you know the the, the biggest kind of uh, angle that this movie had going for it when they were advertising it was Super Mario Brothers three. It was like the big reveal, as if the way Wario sixty four on Twitter put it, this was like the original Nintendo Direct. Like everything in this movie is building towards mm. this game that everybody wanted. Everybody wanted to play. You see, it's so decadent. They like lift up these fucking sculpted foam core pieces that look like doors from a Battlestar Galactica ship and there's fog foam and core everything. Foam core is my favorite genre of music, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's as good as Apple Core. Uh, anyway, they fucking lift this shit up and everybody's losing their minds over Super Mario Brothers 3. And my hot take is that Super Mario Brothers 3 is not the best Mario game. Super Mario World Whoa. destroys it. Whoa. Is oh, by God. far the best 2D Whoa pixel art Mario Brothers game like maybe in this moment in history they thought they had struck gold but they really should have waited a few years and made this movie about Super Mario World because Super Mario World is way more creative way more interesting better music everything about it is great and John, Super John, Mario Brothers you're 3 gonna, you're gonna need to cut that not that you're gonna need deal. to cut this because we can talk about we can talk about child molestation all we want but, <laughs> but the, the, the hate mail the hate mail we're gonna get for you saying that Super Mario World is better than Super Mario 3 is gonna just prove that might me end wrong the podcast. so yeah. John just I think we're in like cut this. we're in like post truth uh, post post modernism where a man says that Super Mario World's better than Super Mario 3. Excuse me. Yeah. I need you to put this shit in a context. You got the Soviet Union. All right. What? Uh, and that's that's still going in 89. Oh, the Soviet Union, speaking of this, the, 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 the whiz is like constantly building these structures out of bricks and yeah. things. They're like, oh, he's just looking for a way to express himself. Yeah. How is he not playing Tetris in this fucking game? Yeah, good right? point. Like, yeah. Like he's literally playing Tetris in his own brain just whenever he like freaks out, he like goes and just like starts building shit like Tetris blocks. Oh, I got a quick hot take. Uh the movie <laughs> is called The The Wiz. Where's Michael Jackson? Because he played he was in The Wiz. We know he likes children. I'm he The Wiz. Nobody beats movie. me. Like, okay. <laughs> he 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 literally had like an arcade cabinets more than anyone. And he yeah, loved he molesting children. Ideas from this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, so he would have been right Jackson, at home in this Come movie. on the pod. We know you're still out yeah, there. He would have been right at home. Allegedly, he can he can can he sue us from the grave? No, he's still out there. He's, he's not still, in the, he's yeah, he's grave. Not dead. It's fake. So should we talk about should we talk about brunchiness or do we do pairings? Or do we do talk about brunchiness? Yeah, was this movie brunchy? Yeah, I'm gonna say that uh, child molestation is not brunchy. I'm gonna no. throw that out there. No, but not brunchy. There are aspects of this movie that outweigh the child molestation aspect. <laughs> 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 you were gonna listen to this podcast and think that this movie was like 90 percent child molestation, but <laughs> <laughs> really there's like five minutes of it. Yeah, but, but the rest of the movie is so inconsequential, right? And it's like, <laughs> like so little happens or is interesting that we've like really dwelled on the parts that like stick out. But. There's very few night scenes. It's deserty, which I think is 
decently brunchy. Uh, Aimed for kids, family yeah. movie. Family movie. Divorce, which we know is very brunchy. Now. Yeah. Um, California is a brunchy state. So yeah. with that being the goal to go to California, that's, a, again, very brunchy. Uh, I'd say Kevin Arnold, this is the second vehicle we've had with him. Mm, yeah, um, he's establishing himself Bride. as a top uh, contender for brunch, <laughs> yeah. brunch actor of the year. He's a brunch. For sure. So I, I, I'm going to go pretty high, higher than I... After reconsideration and stuff, uh, when I first watched it, I thought, no way, because child molestation. But uh, I'm going to give it a, a five out of seven in terms of brunching. Mm. This is pretty high for me. I, I, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Chris, we'll let you go last as the guest. Uh, you know, guest last. That's mm. a, a normal thing. Um, yeah, like there's there's the poolside scenes, which is something that really drew yeah. us into uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Hello! which is kind of still the golden standard. The oranges, of movies. Of Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, the the, the drive by fruiting. <laughs> oh, sir, I saw it. Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them, sir. Don't worry. <clears throat> Oh. oh, good waste of juice. And, and so, yeah, the, the brunchiness definitely sticks out. This was a great choice, Chris. Uh, yeah. Definitely a brunchy film and definitely a film worth discussing. There's a lot of scenes in diners. Yeah. My only mm-hmm. complaint is maybe that we don't see enough food being eaten. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they do establish what bad food is. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, early on, the dad is cooking what he calls a casserole. Oh, it's the third scene in the movie. Disgusting. Yeah, he pulls it out. It's yeah, dad's smoking. being bad at cooking is so. Yeah, yeah dad's being dad's. 80s dad's, dad's that, that could be my shit. hot take is that dads can't cook. Am yeah. I right, folks? Yeah. Guys don't know how to cook. That's a woman's job. Right. And. Uh, and so they, you know, a lot of movies were where, where, where we talk about like how they set up food or they have good food scenes, but I think it's equally important to show us what bad food is, right? because how are we to know what a good brunch, what a good meal is if we, if we don't have references for the bad. And I think maybe that was on their mind when they made this movie. I think so. And... You know, Christian Slater also makes a good case for wanting to sit down and enjoy his meal at the diner. His dad is all about to go. So we're, we're, we're constantly pushing the dad, the old guard, hmm. the, the pre-brunch for the masses into the background and show him how he's um, inept mm-hmm. and inadequate. Uh, and, and that really sets the stage for the future brunch. Brunches for everyone and uh, 100% brunchy. Uh, we got a certified brunchy here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this movie is brunchy. You know, it, it it feels like a movie that I'd rather watch at noon than at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Definitely. I guess Definitely. I guess I would give it uh, six Winnie Coopers out of seven Paul Pfeiffer's if I'm trying Ooh. to evaluate the brunchiness uh. of this film. Um, yeah. Hi. Do you guys mind if I sit with you? Great. Did you guys hear that Winnie Cooper's good at math? That's not been on Twitter all the time. Yeah. You guys no. heard about that? No. Well, moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, uh, brunch brunch pairings. Or did, did anyone else want to get in here? We got any other segments? Uh, director's corner, real oh, quick. Okay. Director's corner. Yeah. Uh, Here we go again. I, I've been a big fan of directors' corners, and director's fan of directors. Corner. I have one suggestion for this movie, and um, it's a, it's a little similar vein of the movies I've done in the past. Oh Christ! Uh, but <laughs> <clears throat> look, there's a tragedy that happens in this movie before it begins, and that's 
Jimmy's sister. Do they name her? I don't know if they name her. I'm going to call her Kelly. Or, I don't know. <laughs> Carrie. Let's call her Carrie. Carrie dies in a tragic drowning accident. I think her name was Jenny. It was Jennifer. Jenny. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Was it Jennifer? It was Jennifer. Right. So, I may not be a smart man, Jenny, but I do not know how to swim, Jimmy yeah. says to Jenny. Also, director's corner, that, they should have given that kid uh, some swimming lessons, too. Yeah. I mean, he's of the age. But I, I would say that... Uh, <laughs> director's corner. <laughs> director's corner. Um, I think that it'd be great if... At the last scene when he's playing the video games, in the video game itself, a hologram <laughs> of his dead sister appears as he it's grabs fucking holograms, David. It's <laughs> not what director's corner is about. Well, the hologram of his dead sister appears as he grabs the star and she says, Jimmy, you did it. And then the hologram's there for a second, does like a pose, I don't know. Okay. And then disappears again. Um so what 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 is that? But, do with but the it kind of it wraps up because because he knows that his dead sister's proud of him, and now he can talk again. It's always a fucking hologram. Well, it's, I mean, is... like it, the video games and holograms actually work. So if you think about it, the director could have really. Uh, and, and this is post Star Wars. They had Sir Alec Guinness in uh, Star Wars in a hologram, so they could have used the inspiration of Star Wars to definitely put a hologram into this movie. Director's Corner. I don't think you're grasping director's the meaning of Director's Corner. Okay, this is supposed to be a time for serious reflection <laughs> on the the director of the film. Well, they should have given the kids swimming lessons then. I don't know what uh, to tell you. Yeah, I mean. I, I might, I might be misremembering this, but I feel like they say something about how, like, she drowned in a stream. Like, it was not very like, deep. And, like, Jimmy was so, like, <laughs> didn't know how to swim, but was so afraid of it's water. It's like he that, to like, her knees I, and I, she I, feel, just... I feel like she drowned in pretty shallow water. Like, it was totally an avoidable yeah. accident. In the shell, shell. <laughs> <laughs> can can I sprinkle can I sprinkle a little nugget of trivia? Can you put that song in real quick? Yeah, please. I want to sprinkle a little nugget of trivia that I just read on the internet. That's pretty interesting. The okay. that's director's point. The um, truck that Spanky drives was previously used in Sylvester Stallone's arm wrestling movie Over the Top. No, and dude, I love Over the yeah, Top. Yeah, apparently in The Wizard. Um, there is like a like a toolbox or like a trucker's box that says Hawk Hauling on it, which was the name of Stallone's oh, character's company because yeah. his character was Lincoln Hawk. Sometimes when I need to like take a serious shit, I'll, I'll have a hat on and I'll flip it backwards yeah, dude, like Sylvester you, Stallone you and over the top. And I could just you just you turn that hat around and you just let it go. Love that movie. For me, Michael, have chicken. My bird, sure. No, excuse me. For a man who exercises, you don't know much about nutrition. A fried chicken dinner with mashed potatoes and gravy contains about 1,000 calories and 50% fat. These fats have been linked to heart disease and some cancer. So what would you like? Tuna salad, whole wheat toast, and spring water with lemon, please. Okay. Double that. So, so just to jump into uh, Director's Corner... Um, and Chris, you're you're from Chicago. I hope I'm not. I'm hoping I'm not doxing you there. Uh, but I, I want to. I don't just, feel doxed. That was a, that was some, a previous iteration of my life. I wanna I wanna be uh, I wanna shout out to the great uh, Roger Ebert who had his own thoughts on the director. Oh my god! And, 
And um, I'm just going to read the final paragraph of his review of The Wizard, which he went on to call one of the worst films of 1989. <laughs> um, uh, so this is this is my real cri- some criticism for the director. Uh, who was this movie intended for? No one above the age of reason will be able to abide it. <laughs> of those below that age, the studio must have targeted kids who are Nintendo fans. But here, the problem is that the movie doesn't even have much Nintendo in it, and some of that is wrong. Now, this is really interesting because we know that Roger Ebert hates video hates games. Video he games. actually a- he actually accurately calls out how when it's announced, for example, that the third level of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has been reached, the movie screen clearly shows the first level. Ooh. This is actually in his review. He wrote that Ooh. in? And that, that was true in the film. Oh my god. So, like, yeah, they didn't really even get the Nintendo Ebert's scenes doing right. homework for this. He goes on to say, The Wizard is finally just a cynical exploitation film with a lot of oh. commercial plugs <laughs> in it, and it is so insanely overwritten and ineptly directed that it will disappoint just about everyone everyone <laughs> and serve them right for going in the first place God, that's so well, he's right about brutal. the exploitation of children in this movie. so um so there's so i think that wraps up director's corner uh you didn't mention hologram you think ebert could do the uh, underwater level in tmnt the, the fucking kid does it in the movie no i could couldn't do, do i couldn't do it as a child no i could fucking do that that's it's an r.i.p in peace to roger ebert yes. and um siskel yeah is Cisco done now? Oh, Cisco yeah. died before Ebert. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He had brain yeah. cancer. And then there was like the whole Ebert and Roper. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I would have brain cancer too if um, I had to hang out with Roger and Ebert all day. No, I don't know. That's, that's, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> I, have, I have really like Roger and Ebert. He's uh, great. Yeah. All right. RIP, RIP, Cisco and Ebert. Yeah. Two thumbs up to those guys. Oh, we're both. But then two thumbs down because that is where they are in the yeah. ground now. <laughs> so two six down foot to, long thumbs the, down. Two thumbs down to cancer yeah. as well, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like cancer. Um, uh, pairings. All right. Uh, I, I have I have the worst one, so I'll go first, so we can end on a high note. I really struggle to think of a pairing for this. There's a lot of the children's stuff, and I didn't want to go that angle, so I went with a '80s food garbage. Okay. <laughs> so just like the if we think like food is processed today, <clears throat> just think of like all the garbage of '80s food. You know, so you got mm. truck nuts. Just imagine what truck nuts. Uh, you mean the things that hang on? No, like trucks? nuts that they eat in trucks. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just truck imagine nuts. those. Like you pick it up. Like it's basically gas station food, but '80s gas station food. Uh, you know, it's gonna be awful. There's probably the slim gyms are even slimmer. Uh, oh, they're so slim. You don't even get the. Or do you think in the '80s they just had gyms, and only later on did they make them slim gyms? They were big to make well, they them... were slimmer in the '80s. Yeah. Maybe now they should call them big gyms because we're all fat as hell. But back then we yeah. were looking pretty svelte. Well, I was thinking more like back then they were even bigger and they had to kind of clean up clean up their image because of how unhealthy they were. So they became they slim gyms. Them down. That could be. That's a good point. Anybody from the '80s out there? If you know about well, gyms, Macho Man Randy Savage has been doing snap into a gym. <laughs> yeah, slim. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think he's pretty 80s. Yeah. Uh, so basically, my pairing is whatever Ra- Macho Man Randy Savage would eat. Okay. <laughs> a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. <laughs> some creamers. <laughs> some Slim Jims. A line. A few lines. A few lines of cocaine gyms. and some truck nuts with some Jims. I feel yeah. like there, there is a high chip. Like, like <laughs> the Macho Man Randy Savage really does look like his diet was exclusively Slim Jims and cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> 
speedballs yeah. and cocaine, and then yeah. he would cut his wrestling program because he like his skin looks like a slum. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was like his blood was trying to burst out of his body. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, okay, like that's Roy, it. Slim Jims <laughs> and cocaine. Man, I nailed it. Okay, so I'm changing, my pairing is the 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 Randy Savage diet. All right, so uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that go fits that. the fucking theme of this movie because everybody in this movie is on cocaine, right? Yeah. Except for the children. Well. Well, I don't know. They're yeah. Hollywood kids, oh, man. Yeah, they were Hollywood probably kids, on. They yeah. were probably doped up as well. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you have a pairing? I have a pairing. Uh, it is a salad bowl-sized portion of the officially licensed Nintendo Cereal System cereal. Whole milk nice. piled high in front of a faux wood veneered Zenith CRT with clicky dials. Those big <laughs> chunk, chunk, chunk clicky dials. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are they tuned into? It's on channel three. It's got to be on channel three all the it time or your NES isn't going to work. Right. Oh, okay. So they're, they're, they're eating cereal and playing games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Switch off at every day. It takes me back to my, uh, to my Saturday mornings. For sure. Sitting in front of the old old nintendo man i miss those like analog chunk tv things you think it's hard to, to you didn't have a remote for it yeah i had in my room was one of those yeah oh you, yeah no remote you didn't have a remote for it so you just had to like you were your abusive father's remote like he would throw shit at you yell at you <laughs> and tell you to change the channel so you had to physically get up and chunk 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 like every time you click it it's like almost synchronized perfectly in time to you just getting beaten with your dad's belt just over the back it, you know quintessential is eating 80s part of the brunch pairing yeah yeah throw, throw, throw that in there throw in a good 80s child rearing <laughs> okay. no, no chris you love that you're the probably expert video game historian here um if i if my recollection is correct the you could use the same rf switch adapter for a Super Nintendo that you could for GameCube. Like, GameCube still, you could use an RF switch on. Is that correct? I mean, that sounds like black magic to me. Why would you be using an RF on your GameCube? Well, you gotta get your fucking Because you're me, and you cables. have the only TV in your room is... The only TV in your room is one of those old click really? TVs that I bought at a neighbor's garage sale. And I did plug in my GameCube. And I, 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 have, That's amazing. I have memories of playing... Animal Crossing on the GameCube using an RF switch on one of those old TVs. I'm, pr- I'm, I think that's correct. I wouldn't be surprised if that so, worked. Uh, I mean, I wish I, I only wish I had a Nintendo cereal to pair with that. How was the input lag? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually had a lot of trouble fishing. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, all right, well. Uh, my my pairing is is uh, it's going to reference the movie directly, and uh, the the first escape vehicle that the children use is uh, they get in a hostess truck and mm. they start eating ho hos and Twinkies. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is a carefully curated meal where you're walked through. You know, maybe uh, people like like people like fresh orange, fresh squeezed orange juice in the morning uh, for brunch. Well, what I'm saying is those orange flavored ho hos. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the orange frosting on top, so we're gonna have some of those. That's your that's your fruit serving. We're gonna have, you know, we're gonna have the classic chocolate ho hos, um, and then what I'm gonna say is we're gonna have Twinkies, but we're gonna have a, a in place of a, the standard muffin, we're gonna have eggs Benedict on top of Twinkies. Oh, oh delicious! Wow. The eggs and yolks slim, slowly <laughs> slim jims instead oh, of bacon. Nice. The egg yolks slowly creeping into this into the uh, Twinkie. Yeah. And then you like kind of do that fork bite with a slim jim in it. Mm. Oh baby. Yeah. I want that. Actually, sounds kind of good. It does sound kind of yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, what are some other hostess snacks? I really don't like Ho Hos and Twinkies. Is about all I got. They have the the cake ones. Um, Honestly, that's not too far space, off from a realistic space. 80s oh, breakfast. Yeah. 
lumps. Is that what they're called? Those black ones? Yeah, the black ones. I don't know. Yeah. That's not too far from your, from the 80s garbage as well. Uh, right. But let's throw in a, a couple little Debbie cream pies in there, too, because those are delicious. Yeah. And uh, this movie is kind of a sports movie because it's an eSports. It's the first eSports movie. It's the first eSports movie. And when you think about, I think eSports and sports are the same. Mm. And when we think about the, some of the greatest competitors in history, uh, I always Ninja. think about Nick Saban, the uh, coach of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Every day for breakfast, he eats two little Debbie cream pies. Is that true? That's actually true. <laughs> okay. He he like he's like he's an autist, definitely. Um, and he's like the same shit every day. Like he eats two little Debbie cream pies for breakfast. He has like a, a simple salad for lunch. Uh, I don't know about his dinner. I've kind of forgotten that. But um, so let's throw those in there too. So we got a little bit of Nick Saban and a lot of Hostess. I think that sounds like a, a nice, well-balanced breakfast. Yeah, delicious. Well, Chris, this is this has been a great episode. I'm really yeah. happy that we finally got you on, uh, and I hope to come on your podcast again. And uh, you know, we're really trying to push this Detroit podcast scene uh, yeah. together. So I look forward to all the work that we'll do going on. Do you have any closing thoughts? Any any more plugs? I mean, we gave you like six minutes to plug earlier, so hopefully you're done, but yeah, no, I mean, if you have anything else, you know, just search for Detroit Arcade Club on whatever your podcast platform of choice is. It'll show up. Um, we just did a long two hour almost episode, which was chronicling our road trip journey to the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Brookfield, Illinois, which got fucking wacky and weird. Uh, we've got one coming up soon. That is all about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, we've got new segments in the works uh, where we dig the bottom of the barrel of the Nintendo eShop on Switch and find the, you know, there's this thing that people do where they adjust the prices of their horribly developed Unity asset flip games to be like 20 cents. So it'll shoot up to the top of the list. So we're going to buy the shittiest games and play them and uh, feel bad about it. So it's going to be awesome. Please check it out. Well, that sounds great, man. I uh, I got to give a listen. I've, I think I've listened to one episode. I listened a little bit of the Andes, but I'll definitely check it out more. I like video games. You know, Dave, I'm I've listened to every episode of Brunch Movies. I'm disappointed to find oh, out shit. that you only listen to the Andy episode. I know. That's a, I'm letting you down there. I apologize. That's but, okay. I love look, you for just sure. the same. Um, we got to get we got to get you back on. You know, we did Ready Player One already, and that we both kind of despised that movie. I've never but, even seen uh, it. This one was good. Don't I, I, I don't plan um, on but it. there Which are making would you some... rather watch Ready Player One or The Wizard if you had to watch it again uh, I mean I, you know I'd probably watch Ready Player One right now because I, I just I, watched The Wiz I think I'd watch Ready Player <laughs> One for like the two seconds that they would show you know little nostalgia bumps like tiny hits of cocaine to be like oh the Iron Giant uh, uh, this movie I recognize something of myself yeah. in it you know there's a Gundam. Yeah, but please it, listen to our podcast on it because uh, I think we did a good job yeah. kind of breaking it apart. Yeah, we skewered that movie. Um, but I think we actually liked this movie other than the child molestation aspect. So yeah, um, I think it was a good choice, man. We were very happy to have you on. I'm glad uh, it keep touch, out. Try to bring you back sometime. Next video game movie comes out, maybe we do like a, a new release or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of really, really good movie adaptations of video games. So we have so a wealth, a breadth to choose from. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Brunch Movies. Brunch Movies! Uh, Chris, give us a Brunch Movies. Brunch <laughs> Movies. <laughs> <laughs>